Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Grant and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, George. Welcome everybody. And Liam. Hello everyone. Let's get that energy up. Oh, let's pick it up, people. <laughs> now each episode, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless. And we talk about why they love it, what they love about it, and in the end, we decide whether we agree whether it's flawless or not. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. And we'd love for you to join. Tell us what you think are your favorite, what you think about your favorite albums and your favorite episodes of Flawless. You can find us in various notes. On yeah, we'll put the link in the show we'll notes. We'll put that's the link fine. in the show yeah. notes. That's the, that's the words that I wanted. And he's sober. <laughs> yeah, dry tonight. But he's, it's late, so he's, you know, a little sweepy baby. <laughs> and we have a guest tonight. Please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about what we're going to listen to or discuss. Oh, I thought that was a separate question. Um, they are. <laughs> you can do both. That's you can do both and together. Okay, cool. Uh, my name is MJ. I am a musician slash comms person slash unusual character. Uh, yes. Can confirm. A dilettante uh, is how I used to refer to myself. I got into an argument with the musician I was interviewing once about the definition of dilettante. Which is? Um, uh, it's essentially someone whose interest in something is uh, less than uh, professional. So it's a dilettante is someone who dabbles. Uh, and <gasps> I'm a dabbler. Yeah, we are, we are all dilettantes oh. in podcasting. So. We are dilettantes. <laughs> yeah, we um, sure are. And the musician in question, who was actually Claire Bowditch, uh, was like, ah, oh, so you're a military type. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually had to go and get the dictionary. Um during the interview, too. Right. <laughs> so I was interviewing on the phone. I was like, I've got a dictionary right here. We're going to have this out. Uh, and to her credit, she took it quite well when she lost. <laughs> uh, but yes, so I used to work as a music journalist for six years. So I have quite an extensive and unusual sort of collection of tastes. Uh, I also am just in general a very obsessive and unusual person. I listen to music probably about eight to 12 hours a day. And I spread that across several different kind of permutations of sound, for want of a better word. Probably could have said genres would have been a better oh, word. Oh, we're going with genres, but no. Uh, you know, matter. we're being artful here. Yes. It's, it's late and I'm losing. And getting later. Yes, it's late and getting later, <laughs> and I'm losing my customary directness in favor of being obtuse. Uh, and the album that I chose, speaking of being obtuse, is... Uh, find me before I die a lonely death dot com yes. by the New Zealand trio Min Wee. Min Wee, 
which I was like, I was looking at it going, that's Minuet, right? It must yeah. be pronounced Minuet. And then it wasn't until I looked it up and did a bit of research. Like, oh, I thought Min-wee. Minuet as well. Did you? I thought you would go straight to Minuit because it's French. Well, I didn't know it was French because see, they're from New Zealand. See, I True. went I went a bit, uh, when I first discovered them, I actually called it Minuit. So okay. I kind of split the difference. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, it was probably a couple of years in before I was like, wait a tick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be French. <laughs> So, tell us how you discovered Minwe. Because yes. I, I thought I had reasonably good connections with like levels down of independent and that sort of stuff. <laughs> and when you know me, I was like, I have never heard of these guys. They must be so off the radar. No one's ever heard of them. It's no Wikipedia page, no Spotify. It's like, no, no, they're everywhere. <laughs> and I just never heard of them or come across them at all. It was an unsettling feeling for me. your own And setting an unusual for Liam. Yeah, right? I'm Liam. Welcome to my social circle, Liam. This happens all the time to my friends. But... But actually, there is a slight potential that you were misled in the sense that there's a much more successful French band called Minwe, and then there's a New Zealand band called Minwe. Um, and Liam so, doesn't know either. No. In fairness, yes, I suppose. <laughs> um, but in terms of seeing the footprint of their profile. Does it just mean minute in French? Oh, midnight. Oh, oh midnight. midnight. Yeah. Oh. Um, minute, it, it's almost Afrikaans, and my Afrikaans was shocking, which is the <laughs> language that we used to have to speak. In my former land, mm-hmm. have been, I would almost have sworn that's minute, which All is right. minute. Yeah. But, Fair enough. You know, but, I'll go with yours. It's sound school. Minute in, like minute in French is minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, which, okay. Fair um, enough. And so, yeah, it means midnight. I don't believe there's any special significance to it. So I discovered Minwe mm. uh, through being asked to review them, actually. Uh, this was one of the... I So I started writing... Uh, as a music journalist in 2008, this came out in 2009. At that time, I was quite a obsessive contributor to the publication. Uh, they actually had me write under different names, so it didn't look like it was all being written by me. Nice. And a nom de plume. Yes, yeah, several nom de plumes. And yes. um, mysteriously, most of them were women's <laughs> names. And then later on, I found out I was trans, and I was like, "Well, there were signs." <laughs> um, and. Uh, so, yeah, one of the things that I would do is I would just go into the office in Fortitude Valley and I would uh, basically pick up about 20 CDs and I would review probably about 15 of them. And Minwee was just in the pile. I, th- I was one of the few writers who also wrote for the dance section and so they fell under the electronic dance section mm-hmm. and that's in particular is why they fell mm. to me. And when I first got it, um, I actually don't think I actually got around to reviewing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, oh, that's um, okay. It, I liked like one or two songs on it, and then it kind of uh, it sat on my computer for a while because I would upload all of them and kind of sort them, and as you did back in the day before streaming. And um, every now and Definitely then, like another so- another song would come up, and I'd be like, "Hey, that's actually a really cool song." And then I would like more of the songs. And then over time, it became one of my absolute favorite albums. And I just got more and more into kind of discovering the band's kind of catalog and thinking more and more about kind of what an unusual sort of band they are. Uh, Because ostensibly, they're, you know, they're a dance band and they are particularly a breakbeat dance band. Um, And it's two DJs and just a vocalist. And so... It's quite straightforward from a production kind of setup mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. but in terms of the songs that they come up with, partially because Ruth Carr is such an unusual lyricist and I think such a specific personality as a vocalist, 
um, it comes out quite weird. And then they also kind of explore sort of things from a certain oblique angle. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that I find very interesting about this album and why I chose this album, one of the reasons, is because they wanted to make an electronic album that sounded like it was recorded in a garage. They actually recorded acoustically in a garage as opposed to most electronic albums, which are just made in them. Mm -hmm. And so it's this weird sort of thing of like, it's all yeah. electronic, and it, but it has this incredible liveness to it. And lots and it's a tired trope in dance music where you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a rock album. And they almost inevitably suck, like are just disastrous. Whereas this one actually kind of actually taps into that punky sort of spirit mm -hmm. uh, and looseness and sort of acoustic weirdness uh, and comes up with something really quite unique. Uh, and so that's kind of, I discovered them through that process of sort of, they were thrown in front of me and then over a period of years. Mm -hmm. They I grew. Kind of, yeah. Like I an abscess. Of, yes. Like, <laughs> like a cancerous lump. Like a disease. Like <laughs> some sort of an aggressive disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or mold. Mold. Yeah. Oh, no. But or in a fungus. good way. Yeah. Fungi. I think they'd probably like being referred to as a fungus. So have you seen them live? No, not at all. I like, by the time I got into them, they were kind of on their way out. Like they've since retired. What? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. They're not, they're not a, yeah. Ceased um, to exist. Yeah. Uh, I was actually, I ended up Facebook friends with one of them um, because he, they put out one more album after this one, which was called Last Night You Saw This Band, which came out in like 2014. And it's a really good album. And I actually had pre-ordered it and had it shipped to Australia from New Zealand and then reviewed it. Uh, and they had seen, they'd been forwarded the review. Oh, cool. And they were quite like, how did they get the album? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even released mm. in Australia. <laughs> and then he found me on Facebook and was like, dude, did you just, um, did you like pre-order the album and then review it for us? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so... We were yes. um, That's a cool story. Uh, and yeah, and so, but after that, like, they um, they kind of toured that album, which is really a really great album. I was listening to it on the way here. And then they just kind of decided they'd done their dash and mm. uh, went off and did different things. And I think Ruth is still doing some things, but only infrequently from looking at their Facebook, from looking at her Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, and the last rooms on theirs was like, go and follow Ruth because she's doing stuff and we're not. Yeah, so yeah, sort of, it's yeah. interesting because like they they're still kind of I think maintaining their sort of DJ careers for mm. fun. Yeah, I just don't think they're particularly invested in sort of the whole careerist aspect. Yeah, and I think Ruth kind of I've noticed that she turns up in surprising places in that she in like the early sometime in the two thousands she turned up on an album by Rennie Pilgrim, and Rennie Pilgrim is a massive breakbeat pioneer in the UK mm -hmm. and. She was like a guest vocalist on the first song on one of his albums. And it's a thing of sort of, I don't think she's ever promoted that. And I don't think Min Wee have ever been like, oh, hey, this complete and utter breakbeat legend. Mm. The guy who helped pioneer the term new school breaks, which means nothing to normal people, but is very big in the dance music scene, um, has got Ruth to do a, th a song with him. So it's, I think it's like, even if she was doing a whole bunch of stuff, you might not even know about it. Yeah. I don't know about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she also released a book, which was... Um, a really cool book. About what? It was just a kind of like weird sort of collection of uh, like sketches and lyrics Memoirs. and autobiography and sort of explaining sort of stuff. She has, I think, as you would have noticed on the album, she has a very unique way of talking about things mm -hmm. in the sense that like sure. the lyrics have a very kind of definite sort of 
uniqueness to them. And so the book is kind of has that same similar vibe of it's got like fragments of a bunch of stuff, but they all seem to point to deepest things. Um, it's a really great book. I wish I could tell you what it was called, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so good. All right. George. Hello. Had you heard of Minwi? Minwi? Yes, both. Minwi? <laughs> Go with that. The French one or the New Zealand Minute? one? The New Zealand one. Oh, right. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Good. Um, That's the album we reviewed. We actually, call, we actually call the French one the Zealand one, and then the, <laughs> the other one is the New Zealand one. Nifa. Oh, no. that's <laughs> Doesn't that just make them Dutch? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I had not heard Minwi, and I had not heard this album. This was a fresh ears experience for me. Thank you very much for asking. Good. Yes, so uh, it was. It was, but it's uh, in my wheelhouse, so it was uh, not an unexpected thing for me to listen to. So it was um, <laughs> uh, like you talk about like Frenchy stuff, but I like a lot of electronic music. And I like a lot of Frenchy electronic music and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, and I, like, we did get a good. They were French. Yeah, right but I like, you know. Still but, are, in fact. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> but I'm more like B2Q and Sebastian Tellier and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so it was not an unexpected thing for me to listen to. And having that minimalistic sound and sometimes with uh, the instruments instruments and the knowing that it was electronic, and but it still sounded like it had fuzzy guitar solos and all that kind of stuff going on. Um, it was an interesting first listen. So, yes. Yeah, I'll go with interesting. I'll give you interesting. Yeah, so yeah, it was... Give uh, some other words as well. Your, your words. <laughs> Don't so kind of have my words. So, uh, yes, <laughs> but I believe we passed the baton. Baton, minwe. Well, look, I mean, I'm just... I'm glad that you didn't feel, you know, this unease or, you know... Unusual feeling for that Liam felt. I don't know this band, and oh, you know, know, woe is me. I wasn't freaking out about it like Like some hipster over there. No, oh, there's a band in the world I don't know about. What's going on? But over to you, Liam. Everybody done it. They got got their licks in. Again, common experience in my circle. I think it's going to go on, but I reckon it's the whole episode thing. I will, I personally am taking much joy in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I had never heard of the band or the album. Um, very like, yeah, I wish I had, cause I would have got right into this stuff. I think around the time that it came out, I was like, yeah, just doesn't, once again, just doesn't sound necessarily like anything that I listened to certainly at the time. I'm, I'm sure, um, MJ will tell us about how it's all about the breakbeats and stuff like that, which I don't have <laughs> a lot of experience in, but, um, and so the thing that blew me away then was when I was doing the research is so they had one of the songs I'm still dancing was used in an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And then one of their other songs was used in an episode of Bones, and then another song was, and also then in an episode of Being Human as well. So Actually, I remember that episode of Bones. It was the weirdest experience when that happened. Yeah. So I'm just so, <laughs> so I'm like listening show. to this album, going, oh yeah. So you know, now I know this is super super eclectic. You know, it hasn't been heard a lot. I imagine outside of New Zealand. And then they're like, oh, and it was on Grey's Anatomy. I'm like, hang on a second. The songs that are on Grey's Anatomy send sell a million copies. Like Snow Patrol owe their entire mainstream career to getting two songs okay. into Snow into Grey's Anatomy. Like how? Yeah, how, it's how so, did this band not get so much? Like how did the makes of Grey's Anatomy hear about this song? Except for the the theory, I guess, of I'm still dancing. Like it's but like a Liam didn't. And, <laughs> and this and, is what we keeps going around and, then and around. How did they not? Like, because all the songs that get used in Grey's Anatomy then get turned into commercials and they get really big mainstream success. So how did that not happen the other way as well? It was Yeah, unusual. it's a very interesting, like, everything about the band, I think, has that sort of vibe to it of it's like, they're very popular, 
but also like on the cusp mm-hmm. <laughs> at all times of yeah. being more popular and not quite getting there. And I can kind of understand that because they have entry points that are very accessible and poppy, but as a general whole, they're quite an odd band. Mm-hmm. And I don't, mm, I, th- sure. I think this album in particular, like compared to, I think they've only got three other albums. Mm-hmm. This album in particular is very odd. And if you came into it from I'm Still Dancing, you would have to oh, deal with a yeah. whole bunch of like other things yeah. in between that, including an acoustic song about werewolves and vampires. Mm-hmm. How um, cool is that track, man? <laughs> hey? I think it's, there was a, like Ruth explained that uh, actually. Vampires. Has, yeah. Track 10. Yep. Um, take vampires over werewolves any day. And, 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 and strumming guitar. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. And amongst yeah. the rest yeah. of so it's, this. It's a really, really good folk song. It's just not nothing of anything else that they do at <laughs> yes. all is that. But they were just like, and you see some bands sometimes they go, we're going to try a completely different style of song that we've never done before. But they'll do a bass level of it. So you go, okay, you, you tried your hand at something you didn't, you weren't really sure of. And, you know, good for you for having a go. This is a really good folk song. It's got lots of really good guitar parts. It starts at one level and then it lifts up a level for the second half. And it's like, it's crazy how good it is. Like just With yeah. some really pretty lyrics. Yeah. So, yeah. Good waste of dying of wars and bombings and starvation. Is it too much to ask if we could die in our own sweet mm. Again, yeah. another lyric that I'm like, oh yeah, that is pretty <laughs> heavy. <laughs> I, like I, I have a habit of um. I just hear lyrics and I don't really think about them. I just think about the structures of things. Mm. And um, and so it's a thing of like, I always think of the chorus of that. And I kind of, I know that Ruth explained there was a metaphor to it of sort of like um, werewolves are sort of these out of control people uh, who are subject to their instincts and have to hide away. Whereas vampires are actually much more fun. And I would always much rather be kind of fun mm. uh, and kind of embrace that. And I would take werewolves over. So I've always just thought about that. But man, that is a really good line. And but I wish I'd appreciated it sometime in the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't well, this over the time of, of yeah, um, it's Twilight? A, it's a Twilight song It's got to well. be a classic. It's, a, it's, so it's like there's really deep, dark, emotional things. And she's really put a lot of thought into a battle between these two things and what she would like. But it's also pop cop. Like it's a really good summary of the album because it's, on one hand, it is really deep and dark and thoughtful. And then on the other hand, it's a pop culture And it's song. totally silly in a way. Yeah. Which is, you know, there's a, the first song, Way Ho. There's a point at the end where she says, come on, let's, come on, sweet Ruthie, let's dance. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard it, I thought it was, come on, sweet Ruthie, let's dance. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's all like the whole chorus of that song where it's like, um, this little planet has taken a beating. Oh, I had that written down. Yeah, and but it's like so you have this kind of thoughtful party sort of tripping sort of triplet song, but then the "Come on, Ruthie, let's dance" thing. She said in her book, I'm pretty sure she says I'd never heard a song where someone said, "Let's dance, Ruth." Like I'd never mm-hmm. heard my own name mm-hmm. in another person's song, so oh, I decided to is, do it myself. Is it because Ruth is like an 80 year old woman's name? Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. Yeah, I was going to say Ruth is not reading a young person brave name, so I, that's why I. I oh guess. yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
I was like, I know lots of Ruths, but I was like, but it still doesn't sound good in a rave. There's, yeah, <laughs> so. but there's lots of like Jessies and stuff like that. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But the opening of that is really good. Like such a great intro to an album as well. Like just a perfect summary of what we are. So it starts with just her vocals and then it just brings in the elements one at a time. But the first element that comes in after her vocals is helicopter sounds. <laughs> And then it's the drums and the bass and the piano and the synth loops and then picks up to the what the actual tempo of the song is going to be. So it's just, yeah, as someone of all three of us who've like never heard the album, it just grabs you. It's like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be different. You yeah. can tell right from the start. And it's interesting from an electronic perspective because it feels like such a swingy rock song, mm-hmm. uh, but it's actually writing like synths and electronic. But it has a guitar solo. Yeah. I've it. never noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> it has a very fuzzy guitar solo in mm. it. And you're like, yeah. which is why I when, I when I first listened with Frontiers, I was like, it's a band with electronic elements. It, it wasn't an Yeah, see, that's what band. I thought about them for a long time as well. If you listen to their like music up until this point, there is no hint of that. Okay. It is very much like, it's odd electronic music, but it feels very much like a kind of producer and setup. That was their first single, Wayho. Mm-hmm. As well. Choice is so- compulsory. <laughs> Wayho. Wayho. Oh, have you got which one? No, no, no he's, he's the, saying the, the lyrics are from the Wayho. Oh, right. Choice is compulsory. Yeah, so Wayho, Wayho. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went the other way. I thought right from the start that this was very electronic produce sort of stuff like just be i guess because of the drum and bass and the piano and the synth loops were the first things that came in mm-hmm. but it never occurred to me that it would be like a band with some electronic stuff well in if there. i so think it's about bands like everything everything or whatever yeah. i think about yeah. like there's musicians and there's electronic people who come in and play and electronic people electronic, <laughs> electronic people, yeah there are yeah or like if you think of like robots you know go to like work and you've got mu- musicians and you've also got electronica and it's like you mix it all together and that's what i assumed this was okay yeah yeah i'm yeah I'm Don't not criticizing. I'm like, saying it's a different. You're criticizing. It's, it's interesting that we had different approaches. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, so defensive there. <laughs> but that first one goes for five because and a half minutes. Heard so them it's like a big epic number where they end up throwing so much stuff into it over the course of it. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, but then it, they come in with really minimalistic stuff on Run Run. Yeah. Mm. That's because you've got to start listening to the lyrics then. Then the, it's really kicking in because then she goes. Guns, I'm not so brave. I'm just surrounded by cowards. Run, run. Which was actually based on a shooting, I think, somewhere in Scandinavia at the time. Someone did actually yell that, and she was like, that's probably one of the most heroic things that anyone could have said at that point. And so she wanted to do a song about them. Um, And it's such a, like breezy delivery of that of it's mm. like run run they're yeah. reloading their guns and you're just like yeah yeah wait <laughs> do you know what i kind of thought you know when um taylor swift did like a reboot and she came out um all dark the, and angsty all dark and angsty i figured that run run could totally be like the kind of song that a new tay tay would oh yeah out. totally could totally <laughs> it was totally a taylor swift song um which i wasn't sure would offend you or not uh but yeah no no i really but, like taylor swift's reputation era i have yes. a whole thing in my head about how taylor swift is actually a very interesting sound designer but nobody looks at that point because mm-hmm. she's mostly like considered like a songwriter and a pop ingenue but, but she actually does weird sound shit in reputation Absolutely. and in reputation which is my favorite taylor swift album um it is definitely i've cried too a- much to folklore to at this point to really kind of claim any other album i when i first well, i was like no this seems no this isn't for me and then i was like crying on the floor later and i was like 
Okay, cool. You got me, Taylor. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, there's a few tracks in this album. I feel like if they wrote them and sent it over to Taylor Swift's like um, production company and just said, we've written the song, that they'd pick it up and go, yeah, we could, we could put this on our album. That there was a few songs in this album. Which I think is very high praise. No, <laughs> I'm saying it's high praise for yeah. sure. Like I'm, I'm a Tay Tay fan, so it's all good. Oh yeah, I just yeah, I just think it's the next album. I think is much clearer as a pop kind of statement, mm-hmm. even though it is still got its weirdness. This mm-hmm. one, I think, is like because the aesthetic of the album is kind of much rougher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't necessarily as obvious just how incredibly hooky mm-hmm. parts of it are. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I just feel like what, there were so many albums I could have picked for this, and I thought about a lot of them in quick succession. And I kind of picked this one as a bit of a like random sort of thing, but it was just because it's just so strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't hear it's, and it is part of it. Like I said before, there is a trope of electronic bands trying to add these kinds of elements to mm-hmm. their music, and they almost unanimously fail at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and particularly whenever. <laughs> If a dance producer ever says to you, ah, oh, I used to be a real heavy metal fan and I'm looking forward to bring that element into my music, they're about to make something really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, every time. Uh, no, I mean, like clockwork. Like, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable because it's a thing of sort of, uh, it's just awful. They can be truly <laughs> tremendous artists and then they're like, oh, I'm going to make... I'm going to make it more like a heavy metal sort of sound or I'm going to make it more like a punk rock sound and it's just like... <laughs> it's like they forgot what guitars even sounded like and yeah. they just kind of tried to work it in and uh, could go on it for a while. So, Liam, <laughs> yes. we never came back to you when now nearly halfway through the episode. <laughs> Had you, you heard of Minwee? No, I, 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 I really appreciate the civility of asking me that. Um, I didn't yeah. hadn't how much would it have tripped you out if he had though? i would i would have freaked out that would have been really <laughs> i could have won up to you there and lied but i chose um be like this was one of my top records yeah yeah <laughs> you know that i was there in new zealand when they were you know no i never heard of them um at all and um so your normal thing is to listen out on the back deck with you i did front deck Back well, I've only got one. one. So the back deck. The back deck <laughs> the much easier. Yeah. Wife was wife was not happy. The wife was not happy. Um and did, um, didn't like it or didn't like it. Okay. Didn't like it at all. Interesting. Um and uh it was a Sunday afternoon. This with mm-hmm. this has been been a little while between drinks and we yeah. were drinking literally yeah. at the time. <laughs> um so I think I listened to this in its entirety then and then a number of times since. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've said before in other episodes, certainly it's, it would be very unusual for me to go off the bat, yes, love this album, this is great. Very, very unusual, even with bands that I'm familiar with. Um, and I have to say that um, this has definitely grown on me um, for mine, and, and we've spoken very briefly, of course, you know, why wouldn't I like vampires? I mean, come on. Come on, like that. Me, that's straight through the bat there, like straight back. <laughs> Horrific sporting analogy, but I suppose another one that I really enjoyed is I Hate You. Yes. Um, oh, yes. So good. Jeez. <laughs> so um, make yourself known right now. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I think the thing that I, that kind of really sums up the thing that I love about Ruth's lyrics is that she finds a really simple phrase or a really simple kind of idea and but it sticks in your brain like a splinter of mm. like I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, it's true. 
but who told you that I was, uh, but I'm a liar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that's also the one that's like, uh, when you get to heaven, could you, could you also put you and me on the, di- on the door? Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> is, is that what you want to hear? Heaven's real and you'll make it there. And when you do, could you put me plus two on the door? And I'm mm. like, I've heard that so many times when I've played a gig myself. <laughs> and it's just like, could you just pop me, can you put me and two friends on the door? And you're yeah. like, it's a five quid punk gig. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's right. And it also has the line. And I thought God loved his children, but I don't know how. And I can't see why or where. Uh, and it's like in the middle of kind of a joke song of a chorus in a way, um, these little things about heaven and God and kind of like we're in a hopeless state uh, are just ridiculous like i have such admiration for her as a lyricist that she just kind of sneaks these things in and like a scalpel just kind of excavates something Mm. as i said i'm not really a lyrics person so the fact that these lines kind of Mm. stick with me over such a long period of time because it's like you know the subject of hating someone is a fairly standard subject for a song it's not (laughs) like oh my god she wrote a song about something Mm. she doesn't like but then the tone and the phrasing of it is just like it just grabs like oh this is such an amazing song even though it feels something about that's you know, very straightforward. So my favorite one is, um, if you're supposed to die, could you tell me first? Because I'd like to be one step ahead of the hearse. Yeah, which is. I, I just want. I just <laughs> see her just because now you know she's a, like she's like a dancing sort of lady. You know, she's put that like light voice on it. You can just see her all dressed up in like really nice, really fun clothes. Like there's just a hearse with all this dark <laughs> somberness, and there's her in front of it just dancing and having a great time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was really cool. So it's just a song that should could be straightforward, but her lyrical patterns just really take it to the next level. And mm. also the delivery, like you said, yeah. of like the way in which she never delivers anything with a tremendous kind of amount of vitriol. No. Even in sort of a later song like uh, Long Live Zero, which is something that I just adore in the way that it builds and it's kind of iconography. Mm-hmm. Um, she she never screams. She mm-hmm. never yells. And so it's very interesting watching the kind of different emotional sort of stuff. There's a song called 25 Bucks, yeah. which I found really interesting as a, from a production standpoint mm-hmm. when I first listened to the album because it was like I thought it was a band. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to this thing and I was like, well, that's a breakbeat kind of it's a hip hop trip trip hop stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well it's like it's a hip hop breakbeat and then the particularly the use of the string is like that's just like a kind of joke hip hop string patch. And um and so it was a very weird sort of thing, but when she's talking about it, it's like bashing in someone's elbow and <laughs> and breaking their kneecap, I yeah. think, is like the chorus. And it actually got taken off New Zealand Airwaves because the chorus was so violent and she right. was like I have seen so many other songs that are more yeah. violent than this. Yeah, right? <laughs> and that was the second single. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and it was taken off the airwaves. Pretty sure. Uh, it was well, considered too violent. Too violent. Well, <laughs> but she sounds so cute. I know. It's such a, like, the idea mm. of looking at this band and being like, well, you're being too violent. Mm. <laughs> and well, it's like they're like a kind of fucked synth pop band they should hear a band called nwa and see what they feel about that bloody hell when you're talking about her sounding cute she's she hits this space where her voice sounds really cute but her lyric and her delivery style isn't like sort of pixie light-hearted sort of stuff like it's but it's not really dour and dark so the things she's talking about sometimes are dour and dark but she delivers them in a light-hearted way but then even when she's seen light-hearted stuff it's delivered with like just this undertow of like not 
Yeah, she sits. She's really sitting. Cool. She sits in a kind of ambiguous space yeah. of mm. like you're never a hundred percent sure if she's meaning what she's saying. Mm-hmm. There's definite emotion to it, but it's like, but which emotion? Yeah. Uh, I find Ten Feet Tall and Bulletproof a very kind mm. of funny song in that way because it's such a brag uh, while also sounding quite tragic. Yeah, and then she's got so on that one as well. There's like. Um, it's like it starts with like a sneaky little guitar melody and then her vocals come in softly and then it sort of builds and builds and then by the end of the song it's this big orchestral flourish with all the electronic sounds all thrown in there so it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. epic song that goes through and that's the thing is it's like you have such a different range of songs on the album in mm. terms of uh, they kind of threw every, like you know like I said with 25 bucks you have that kind of hip hop trip hop kind of string patch sort of thing and then you have vampires which is all acoustic you have um songs that kind of build very longly then you've got things like maserati which i think is like a minute 31 Mm. uh and just has this amazing kind of uh bass groove to it that i just adore harmony yeah it's like it's a really from a kind of like synesthetic sort of um, visual perspective, it feels like a very melty song mm-hmm. uh, and the whole thing just kind of washes over you and then it's gone in a minute. But then conversely, you've got a song like uh, Aotearoa. Pronounce it, please. Aotearoa. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, Which is? New Zealand. In we are New Zealand. Maori. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, so is it Ao or is it Aotearoa? Aotearoa. Aotearoa. Um, I don't know if it's okay. honest. Yeah. Um, Track number seven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go that one. I know. I know which one it is. Yeah. Um, but it's like you third know, single. Great. Third single. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, it has a huge chorus. It has like very clear verses. It has like a bridge and all that sort of stuff. So it's a, a massive kind of pop song. And then next to all of these other different types of mm. songs. And it uh, has really cute lyrics in it. Were well, it goes into say, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was cool. Into your lyrics? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, such you go. A great song. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. And nice. I was like, that's really nice. Like sticks and stones, bruises. Like she has so many good lines. There's a mm. there's a line. The song that I was actually playing just as I drove into the car park tonight was um, Warheads from the next album, and it says, um, uh, "How shall we?" All the only lyrics in the song are, "How shall we settle this? How shall we settle this? How shall we settle this? Let's settle it with bombs." Uh, and I think of you, my darling, when the warheads start to fall. Like, that's the entire lyrics to the song, kind of, mm. with repetition. And it's just, like, an entire story, an entire, like, complexity, moral kind of layers to that song and a romance to it and a tragedy. And it's just in a couple of lines. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was interesting that Aotearoa got a lot of, um, I think, radio airplay and stuff. A lot of people thought it was a patriotic song. It was like, we are New Zealand, here we go. Mm. But then they actually came out and said, no, no, the theory is it's supposed to be new. This is aimed at... We are young, young people. We can be the new New Zealand. We can we can define what the country means for ourselves, and we can grow up and take over. Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken, they did something of a film clip about that. Mm. Uh, like they where they invited lots and lots and lots and lots of their fans to kind of just show them all at once. Yeah, and um and the idea yeah was that the idea of what New Zealand is now is so non-representative mm-hmm. of what we actually are and the kind of diversity and breadth of who we are and who we can be. Uh, and that's what, yeah, the line of 
you and me, we are. Because like, she says it with a lilt where it says it mm-hmm. sounds like she says we are a New Zealand. Mm. Uh, and it's this really nice idea of even though this this idea of New Zealand exists elsewhere, you and I are also New Zealand mm. uh, and we can be the New Zealand. And it's a really, yeah. And I it has a, tro- a musical trope that I adore, which is a descending like bass guitar line over a breakbeat. Uh, and actually, Washington from Brisbane, uh, Australia, um, her album, which came out the year after this, uh, has a song that starts in quite a similar way uh, with a descending bass line and then just kind of like straight into this massive beat. And I'm just like descending disordered bass lines with like the suspension of time and like mm. so good. And yeah. it's like the definitive example of it for me. It's like cause the beat to that song is massive. Grant, you were about to talk about Yeah Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> He's my beautiful boy. He's my yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Love that. Can just, I? Just, a, just a nice love song. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool uh, track. And it's so, yeah, it's so breezy and fun. He's so, super, like, just super a fun yeah. track. Yeah, really The drumming it. in that, or drum machines in that, are like really cool. Like mm. super dancing fun times. Yeah, and it's a really minimal groove from any other instrument, which mm-hmm. I find it just has that kind of nice little synth stab. But I think there is actually live drumming on multiple parts of the album because they made a point of kind of blurring it. It mm-hmm. got a heart. Oh. <laughs> By the way. It's so a marking mechanism. It's got a really cool line. This is where we all belong. This is where we all come from. This is where we And I'm wondering if I've known this band long enough to get Let's Die Honest as a tattoo. I'm not sure I have. Stop <laughs> it. But it's such a great line. It's I, like, you, oh. like, just Let's Die Honest that's just a, straight across there. That's a be, big call, bro. It would be a big call. I think, I think it's a bit too Look soon. Look at his eyes. getting <laughs> all sparkly, man. Hey, wow, the third piece. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got another lyric from another song that we was supposed to be covered on the podcast and then wasn't. And I'm like, I want that as a tattoo as well. I mean, like, my first tattoo is a song that came out this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, it came out in March. And yeah, I, <laughs> nice. And it's like only her second album, but it was yeah. just so perfect that I had just had to get it. Cool. My first tattoo Damn. was some punk rock styles on my back when I was 16. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the most punk no person regrets. here. <laughs> no I regrets. No regrets. have yet to be marked. Maybe you should get the lyric "Let's Die Honest" tattooed. Yeah, um, Be- do it before <laughs> Liam. Yeah, yeah. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> Sorry, Liam, I got you. <laughs> don't, think I won't, don't think I won't do it. Too. Oh. <laughs> we'll oh. Get a photo taken with his matching tattoo oh. just straight down. There. <laughs> Jeez, only if there's the three. Only if it's the flawless, oh, three, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I am not dying honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even live honest. <laughs> fair enough. Um, George. Other tracks you'd like to, to chat to? I'm conscious the time goes so fast with all the fun and frivolity. <laughs> hey? I'm still dancing. Yeah, I heard that on an episode of Grey's Anatomy once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that drum and bass intro, and it sounds like a dirty rave. So that's all about like so for history's sake, I used to go to flatbed truck raves in fields Oof. when I was a teenager. Um so yes. Um You should definitely check out their earlier albums. <laughs> I may be falling off the cliff, but still I am dancing. Lyric buddies. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, as well. Yeah. That's, one of the, like, that's one of the lines of the album. Like, yeah. even non-lyric me um, has that one. Do you know what it reminds me of, though? If I, was, if I listened to it with, like, like so completely fresh ears, take me back to 1995 and put it on Post by Bjork. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that song... That got reminiscent of Bjork written right there. Have you <laughs> no. Oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> There we go. So yeah, I I, I could take well, so you. See the it. interesting thing about this album, which is about to get into, this is about to get into a very nerdy historical sort of thing. Do it. Uh, is that there's so the '90s obviously was a breakbeat era in the sense that it started very much with kind of heavily sampled breakbeats, and then those breakbeats became. Uh, kind of more heavily manipulated by drum and bass and breakcore sort of people and people like uh, the Warp Records roster and people like Venetian Snares, those sorts of people who kind of essentially took breakbeats and so massively manipulated them as to make them almost uh, unrecognizable. And then around about 2000, there was a kind of crisis says too much, but there was a kind of problem in that Breakbeat just didn't know where to go. Uh, it didn't know how, like, it didn't know what to do with breakbeats after it had kind of taken them to the most extreme sort of thing. And there's a lot of reviews from that time talking about different artists where they're like, maybe this is where, how it's going to work. And it's like someone like Amon Tobin's Out From Outwear um, was kind of like, eh, this maybe, <laughs> like, maybe this is what's going to be the thing. And then it never really sort of found a place. And so what I find, as you can probably tell, I have a tremendous affection for breakbeats almost tattooed into my DNA because I grew up listening to rave from like, you know, it was, I would get up at like 5am and watch rage and see all of like the kind of dance crossover hits. Um, and the one hit wonders and things like that when I was like four. And so, did you listen to Ebenezer Good? Yes, he's a good. He's a good. He's Ebenezer Good. Come them. on, man! I love that song so much. <laughs> um, good. But... Just checking. Who was and Just there's, there's the shaman. Yeah, the shaman. Yeah, shaman. Yeah. Yeah. Who also had love, age, man. sex, intelligence, uh, which is another great song from them. Uh, but yeah, like my favorite song as a kid was like uh, the Speed Racer theme remix, which. Uh, it was like a Gabba breakbeat sort of thing. And then there was um, uh, the Sesame Street Rave remix, which was just awesome. That was bonkers. Um, uh, it's so good. I uh, listen, my, I'm actually on my album. Uh, I have my sister listen to my album. And she's like, yeah, that song sounds a bit like that Sesame Street remix. And I was like, yes, <laughs> that is the highest compliment. <laughs> but anyway, so I have this thing of like breakbeat never really found what to do next. And so this is a very interesting album in that sense, in that breakbeats are all over it and mm. in all sorts of little places around it, but it is kind of not a breakbeat album. No. And so it feels like the first time that, even though they come from a breakbeat background themselves, it feels like the first time that a breakbeat has kind of found its comfort zone beyond the 90s sort of paradigm where it kind of got lost. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like this album for that sense of sort of, it gave a home to a dying friend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it gave an idea as to how to kind of implement it uh, in a sort of post nineties world of mm. sort of like, you don't have to build the entire song about the breakbeat. Yeah. It can just kind of like sit in the background there. Cause it doesn't, you listen anytime anyone hears a breakbeat and has some kind of knowledge 
of the history, they go, well, that sounds like the 90s. Um, and in this sense, you listen to it and you can hear the breakbeats, but you don't go, that sounds like the 90s. Um, it just sounds kind of like its own weird little thing. And I think it's such a, it's such a strange accomplishment that I'm not even sure if they're aware that they did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like any of their other albums kind of showcase that at all. So it's a really interesting sort of one-off thing. It's like it kind of slipped through a gap in the rules or something. (laughs) Cool. So that was my nerdy historical thing. Awesome. <laughs> no. Go, go forth. Be knowledgeable. <laughs> so we probably need to jump just quickly onto the last song of the album, Everyone from Everywhere. It's just a little keyboard and Ruth mm. just singing. Just not, yeah. So we've, we've done our big stuff. We've done our big epic symphonies and flourishes and stuff. Well, see, the thing, like, the fact that that follows Long Live Zero, which is mm-hmm. kind of the most epic and shouty song yeah. on mm. the album, and then mm-hmm. you just like. It's a lullaby. The double yeah. tick. Yeah. The double tick of approval from <laughs> on the last one. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's got the line Unhappiness, I'm yours no more. I can't even find my way to your door. Snap! Lyric buddies. Lyric, Lyric buddies. buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Got you, George. George, did you have it as well? One no, all. I didn't. Oh. I didn't use that colored pen. <laughs> but yeah, it's not a big boy. It's just, yeah, I'm no. happy now. But it's more just like I've made my relationship with always Great making me happy. And I'm going to okay. stay away from it. I'm okay, which is mm. really cool. Anyone, any other tracks you guys want to chat about? I think George? we've touched I'm them. all good. Yeah, I think we've touched on all the tracks. All right, it's we that got, time of the, of the, excited, of the evening. didn't we? Yeah, well, look, we've still, through very quickly. We're still going going well. Final pitch from you, MJ. Well, I feel like I kind of did a lot of it in terms of the kind of breakbeat sort of mm-hmm. thing. The reason mm-hmm. why I chose this album over yes. any other album that I could have chosen, and there were many, many candidates, is because they're really quite comprehensively isn't anything like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And what's more, it's quite unusual in that there isn't anything like it, but it is not in the remotest way inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Good you could kind of take sure. something, uh, that you could do something so unique and singular that still sits somewhere within the historical kind of development of various genres and also breaks a lot of trends in the sense that it is an electronic outfit experimenting with rock in a sincere and authentic fashion uh without at any point kind of pushing the listener to a particularly uncomfortable place i think is quite miraculous like it doesn't it's a sort of thing of like and i think you'd probably agree with me grant of like when you first listen to it you would never think of this as a flawless or perfect album because it's just kind of fun and breezy Mm. and it is what it is but when you actually start to kind of like dive into it and listen to it and think about where it sits and what it's trying to do and the sheer breadth of emotional experiences that it offers within its tracks, it's really quite remarkable. Um, And so that's my pitch, I think, is that the fact that it manages to innovate and explore and uh, articulate complex and unprecedented ideas while also just being a super fun listen is what makes it a flawless record for me. Awesome. You're, Boom. You're, you're good at that. I'm <laughs> astonishingly good off the cuff. <laughs> <It's> elocution. <laughs> there you go. Goodness me. Fair um, enough. George. Hello. Over to you. Over to me. Is so, Minois. Minuit. Flawless. 
both of them again. Is, is Mannion? Oh, shit, no, that's the, not the band. Uh, <laughs> is this Minion. one we're talking about. Min, is Minion. Uh, yes. Oh. Uh, um, so what year was this again? 2009. 2009. 2009. Mm-hmm. So good year. Good year to come out. Um, solid, solid stuff for this to come out. Um, all the songs on here are beautiful in their own right. And I think they um, have, as has been rightly put by NJ, uh, managed to fuse the sounds of um, music, uh, instrumental music, into electronic music without making it sound like a they've made a hash up of it. Um, so what's funny though is that um, where everyone got really excited is where I got a little glum, which is oh. um, vampires. <laughs> See, I was surprised that that one was so beloved as well. I do think it's a good song now, but when I first heard it, I was like. This seems like a load no. of crap. No, the problem is, I think it's a great song. I just think it's on the wrong record. Um, um, so I think the song itself yeah, is that. a pretty song, and I can't argue with the song. And if I heard that on another so- another album, I'd be like, that's a pretty song on that album, and that's great. But for everything else they're delivering, I just felt like they just stretched too far into going, look what else we can do. And so um, for me, like if I was to listen to the album again on Spotify, I'd create a a playlist and I'd move vampires out and I'd leave everything else in which meant that because so in a way it's a flawless plus one album plus GST in another more accurate way in a more accurate way the way they've presented the album has meant that I would skip a track and that has to be a thing for me is skipping a track mm. so for that reason um, as much as I don't really enjoy listening to this and harking back to some of the other music that I listened to in the era. Um, it can't be a flawless album start to finish from me. I vehemently disagree. <laughs> I don't vehemently disagree with the flawless things. I think that's pretty up in the air. But I, I actually really love that that song's on the album. And I actually really love that it feels, to me, it feels of a piece with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't jar against... The electronics in any way it just feels like another weird experiment on an album full of weird experiments but um but you know i'll tolerate (laughs) (laughs) acknowledge it sorry pop it but thank you thought we were going to leave here being friends but um Uh, we were doing so well (laughs) all right so that's a no very close from me it's close like the songs are lovely but yeah and i think there was at one point there was um an entire 20 seconds of feedback on Maserati. Yeah. And I'm like, just the last 20 seconds of that entire track is just feedback. Mm-hmm. And I like a bit of feedback, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, Oh, I've, I thought we were describing a good thing. But I wanted, <laughs> constructive. Uh, it's got to be constructive I like, feedback. I like some it? feedback, but I just wanted to jump straight into the next track. Sure. And so I skipped, I skipped the last 20 seconds. And so from that, so with that and vampires, it couldn't be flawless for me. Sorry. It's okay. So it's, it's an experience. Yeah, I'm over to you. I'm going to try and keep mine nice and short because we're running a little bit long on time. Um, we have a policy when we talk about when we find out what albums that we're covering that we don't talk amongst ourselves about the albums. 
we keep all our thoughts to ourselves because we want to share them all here and we don't want to necessarily corrupt each other's things. And no one's going to believe that's true because my thoughts are exactly George's thoughts. <laughs> oh, no way! <laughs> this album oh. would be 100% flawless. And I love werewolves. Vampires. Vampires. So <laughs> take vampires any day. That's right. I love that song and it's a really good example of the kind of song it wants to be and it just takes me out of this album entirely. Like I'm listening to the electronics, I'm like, this is so cool and it's eclectic and I don't, I haven't heard anything like this before and then that song's just and I'm like, this is a great song but it doesn't belong on this album. It's either a B-side or they're so good at it. I just want to hear an album of folk songs from the three of them just playing acoustic <laughs> like guitar. Like when Bright Eyes did... That's yeah, two albums that's in one it. day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah I agree so, yeah, that. Love the album. It was so good. And like, it sucks you in right from the start. And there's such good performers. And the idea that it, all these different elements that really shouldn't work, they find a way to make them work, which is always stunning. But that one song, and it's not a bad song. I love it. But it just took me out of what I think the album was trying to do. I reckon in a year... You guys will revise this opinion. <laughs> With hands on hips. <laughs> Here we go. MJ's in. So I couldn't find it flawless, but I loved it. So I'm going to have to check out all their other stuff. Okay. Grant. So it's up to you, Grant. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Um, it is interesting, and I'm certainly not saying that we're triplets, but Maserati. <laughs> no, genuine. And I'll keep it. Uh, Maserati, for me, feedback or otherwise, that didn't need to be there. I actually... I think that's a fairer I, opinion in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's only like a minute and 30 seconds and it's just such a like half of a hook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it really... It's got, it's got the X. And okay. I don't like Didn't to give like the it. X. Yeah. I don't... Um, but I, I stand by Vampires as being an awesome track. <laughs> being that. However, I never watched Grey's Anatomy and I didn't dig I'm Still Dancing. Just didn't do right. it for me. So I like it. Slight, slightly off... Sorry, forgive me. Really enjoyed it. I love that it. you guys think that I'm going to be like furious at you or something for like not we, calling we, an album perfect. Well, you we know had, where we are on Facebook. So. We've had previous guests who didn't take it that well. Yeah. So, so now we try and be extra nice about it. Sure. Yes. And we also tell people in advance that we're doing it because the people who weren't happy about it didn't realize we were going to do it. Oh, okay. So we didn't realize we were doing the review at the end. So yeah. That's all in the post. It, kind of it took them just by points surprise. out that they actually hadn't listened to the podcast, which is on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> correct. Um, uh, but great album. Like, yeah, yes, that as was I said, really can't, good. Can't, um, I worked as a professional critic for six years, and I was notorious. As a matter of fact, I've been referred to on multiple occasions as the most feared theatre critic in Brisbane. Right. Uh, to the point where there were actually companies would have multiple press releases prepared. Um, in the event that I, if I, if I gave a positive review, this is the press release they put out. If I gave a negative review, they'd put out this press release. Nice. And, um, so in terms I of, like if you that go, you think of us at that standard. Well, it's like, if you guys came in and were like, no, oh, it sucked. I'd be like, no, oh, okay. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, but it's fine. <laughs> so I, cool. I hope that you can feel more comfortable for the rest of the podcast and the hours that's going to come. <laughs> no, we're all good. Thank you very much for bringing it. And thanks everyone for listening. We have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP and all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As I didn't mention in the introduction, <laughs> we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Flawless AMP. We've grown 25% in the last, in between 20%, episodes. 20%. We went four to five. Yeah. Oh, four to five. I thought it was yeah, three yeah. or four. Yeah. No, it's... Okay. Well, we're slowing down our growth yeah. pattern, <laughs> but we're still on the app. And Grant's an accountant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but 
obviously I struggled through that process. Thanks again for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye.